Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley and I'm super excited for this week's show because not only are we discussing Broken Arrow for 90s Action Day during Junesploitation, but also I'm joined for the first time in the studio in over a year... Mm-hmm. By Adam Risky. Wow. It's nice to be back. Welcome back. Thank you. I was looking at what was the last time we recorded in person, and it was the F This Movie Fest show. Oh, okay. But prior to that, it was Travolta Cage DTV. Travolta, Travolta Cage would have been my guess. Yeah, yeah. And now we're doing... I, I'm noticing that um, Christian Slater is maybe the glue to our action friendship. Because your two favorite actors, who are still... Cage and Kurt Russell, right? Correct. 3,000 Miles to Graceland and Wind Talkers. Wait a second. Travolta and Costner are my two favorites. Broken Wait Arrow. Wait a second. Um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. 3,000 Miles to Graceland. Christian Slater is the thing that keeps it all together. He's the common denominator. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> That's uh, great. Wow. <laughs> How is... Uh, How's your June exploitation going? Uh, it's going good. I uh, have been mostly watching things to write about, so um, I really enjoyed like extreme prejudice, extreme justice, extreme, extreme prejudice. prejudice. I always screw that title up, but yeah, yeah extreme prejudice was probably my favorite. Yeah. of the June exploitation stuff, um, and uh, yeah, I feel feel a little guilty i'm not getting to as much stuff as i want to but there's so much going on with like the new releases and then i'm trying to watch as many fast and furious movies as i can how far are you i've rewatched five through eight okay i saw five through seven in the theater again and then eight i just watched at home and i didn't hate eight as much as i usually do that was gonna be my next question that's very exciting i think i'm it's like just kind of growing on me to a certain degree or at least i know what to expect and it's not as bad as it once was but um it's it's definitely like a big you know gulf between that and the other ones for me do you think it's because of the movies (laughs) uh the screen goes dark and the projector ignites (laughs) it's been a while this year, past year has tested us. I want him to start singing Rihanna in that promo. Oh man, yeah, one could only hope, right? Yeah, I don't know, but he like he ups the bass for his Dom voice, but like when he does stay and stuff, he yeah. he's a little more nasally yeah. and a little more vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like a vulnerable Riddick. Yeah, me too. Um, all right. So besides what uh, what you've watched for June exploitation, have you seen anything good lately? Well, I do have one more for June exploitation. Let's I, have it. I watched Police Story for the first time oh, a nice. couple of days ago, yeah. and I don't know why, but I always had in my head that Police Story was like a dramatic, not quite Jackie Chan formula movie. Okay. I don't know what I was thinking about. I think there's a movie called New Police Story. Okay. That fits that bill, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, I thought it was just maybe like one of those things where like his partner's Danny Aiello or something and it's like There is a movie where his partner is Danny Aiello. And it's just kind of a straightforward movie but not like a Jackie Chan kung fu movie, right? Uh yeah. Okay, that's the movie I was always okay. thinking of. When I can't I think of the name of that story. movie, but I definitely have seen it. Okay. Um 
But I've seen Super Cop, the police, what, right. the the Dimension version of Police Story three, right? Which he's not in that much, right? Which he's not in that much. Okay, um, I've never seen it. Of Super Cop, maybe I have seen it, but I don't remember. Super it Cop at all. rules. Yeah, Police Story is pretty good. Not quite Super Cop for me. Okay, because Michelle Yeoh's in Super Cop right. also, and it's just like very action heavy. This one's a little like a bit. total yo show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um i don't have a good thing i'm just gonna let you run with that one yo show is pretty good thanks yeah um and i like i like police story i thought it was it was cool i like that there was a fight in the mall it reminded me of commando so oh yeah i had a good time yeah no, that, movie's, that movie's pretty sweet yeah um and then did you see the amusement park yet not yet really because, wow. yeah i i know i love george romero but for whatever reason i keep I think forgetting to watch it. Okay. Like, I've been watching a lot of stuff Junesploitation related. I've actually watched a lot of stuff, like, outside of Junesploitation. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'll watch a Western on a day that isn't Westerns or whatever. But I yeah. keep forgetting to watch The Amusement Park. Okay. So and I, I feel w- terrible about that because George Romero is, like, a top five director for me. Yeah. I think you'll like it then. Yeah. Um, it reminded me very much of... I guess Martin, because I think it shares the same lead actor, or, oh, okay. or, or not John Amplis, but um, I forgot what his name was, Lincoln Manzel or something like that. Um, but it's kind of funny because that guy uh, lived to be 106 years old, Move. and he passed away, I think, in 2009, and this took place in like 1973 when it was shot. And he's already kind of like bitching about aging, but I'm just like, boy, <laughs> like you got some green mile shit to look forward to. But um, I saw I saw it at the Alamo Draft House when I was on vacation, and then I saw it on Shutter again. And it, it's like it's under really an hour, good. right? Yeah, it's like 50 minutes. That's what I thought. It's really creepy yeah. and good. Um, it can be enjoyed enjoyed in one of two ways. One is just they they tell you kind of in the the prologue of the actual movie, like we want you to feel this. Like we don't want you to like analyze it too much in terms of logic and things like that. But we want you to like empathize with how elderly people must feel. Um, just kind of microaggressions and ways that people treat them. And you could view it that way, and it works really well, and it works kind of as sort of like a nightmare type of scenario. Right. But you could also watch it just as, like, wow, this guy's, like, a real carnival cuck, and he, like, <laughs> just sucks at being at carnivals. And it can be v- enjoyed in a fun way that way, too. Okay. So I dug it. I liked it a lot. I am excited to watch it. I need to remember to watch it because it's I'm a good bad for free person. space day. Okay. Yeah. I will keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, and then I saw the Sparks Brothers. Yes. Yes. And I am very much in the minority on this one. You so, saw it theatrically? I did. Okay. I saw a private screening. What? I was the only, oh, person, the only person in the theater. Where was it at? At Barrington. Oh, it's playing at Barrington? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was the only person there. It felt like, and I, I say this because I know, like, especially Eric and Mike are, like, really big Edgar Wright fans and I think they were big fans of this movie and stuff. So I say this with I don't want I don't want to talk to you guys about this movie because I don't want because <laughs> I don't want to be talked into liking it and I just like I don't want to damage anything that you guys think of it. I understand like why people like it, but it, for me the way I described it to you is it's like somebody gave you the menu to the Cheesecake Factory and was describing every 
menu item, right. but not letting you try any of it. Right. Because I did, I made the mistake, and I advise people if they're going to watch the Sparks Brothers, listen to the music beforehand. Yeah. Because I feel like it's real fleeting the samples that they right, give you sure. in the movie. So the entire time, I just wanted to not hear from Mike Myers anymore <laughs> or like whatever Talking Head was telling me how great the Sparks Brothers or the Sparks is. And I just want to listen to Sparks. Yeah. And then I went home and I listened to it and I, I the music's good. Like I, I enjoy it. I don't think it's like a revelation um, like most people do. Like I know they were describing how it was sort of, you know, the thing that, you know, Duran Duran or like Pet Shop Boys or Joy Division or um, New Order like owed yeah. a lot to. Yeah. I would take any of those bands over what Sparks is doing personally. Like I'm just like, just because you were first doesn't mean you mastered it. Like I think <laughs> these other bands did more with it. But um, it's not bad like in f- kind of a serious XM first wave type of way. My problem <laughs> with the the movie is just... It goes on and on and on, and it's got the same kind of thesis over and over again, and I don't feel like it's got the energy of a usual Edgar Wright movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. And um, I, it also is just sort of antithetical to like how I enjoy music, because when... When I'm listening to music, I care so much. I, I don't give a rat's ass about what the lyrics are. Like, I really don't. Okay. And, like, this was so much about the songwriting and things like that. And, like, how clever this lyric is and how funny they are as a band. Right. And they have at one point where they're just, like, I think they were penalized because they were kind of like a funny band. So people thought they weren't taking it seriously. And in the back of my head, I'm just like, stop being funny. Just do like, <laughs> just make music. Stop trying to look like Adolf Hitler ironically and make me uncomfortable. I'm like, there's no reason why you can't grow out your mustache. Stop being a tool. <laughs> so the Sparks Brothers, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember feeling like it was long and repetitive and yeah. interesting. I knew nothing about Sparks before I watched the movie. I didn't. I'd never heard of the band. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, "Oh, look at how this band persists through multiple decades." And yeah. but I could tell that the music wasn't totally for me. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm probably somewhere between you and the people who really liked it. Yeah, and I apologize to our friends who really like it. That's okay. I know sometimes it can be awkward when you don't agree. No, it's fine. So, um, and then I saw uh, Luca. Which I also haven't watched yet. Okay. And I feel terrible because I'm a bad movie fan and a bad parent for not making my kids watch Luca. Wow, yet. a double whammy. I know. Um, Wasn't ready for that. I liked it. I thought it was cute. It's not like great Pixar, but it's it's definitely something that should be playing in theaters. And I feel bad that it's on Disney Plus because it's Is a it gorgeous look. Is it playing in theaters? Looking... No. It's not even playing in theaters at all? It's playing at the El Capitan in Los Angeles exclusively. Wow. Which wow. is stupid because it's one of the most beautiful looking animated movies I've seen in a while. Why is it that the Pixar shit gets dumped to Disney Plus and Disney movies A, get theatrical releases and B, have that Disney Plus premium price tag attached to them? I have a theory. Okay. Okay. So I don't know if this holds water because of Ryan the Last Dragon that kind of like throws it off a little bit. But um, I think in the cases of like Cruella or Jungle Cruise or what was it? Black Widow. Mulan. Mulan. I think there's a certain 
penalty that Disney would have to pay to actors oh. if it went straight to streaming because maybe they signed on for a theatrical release. Hmm. Whereas if it's Pixar, it's underneath their roof and they could just say whatever, you know, and we don't have to like, maybe the vocal talents of Jacob Tremblay don't have quite the, <laughs> the pull that the, that Emma, Emma Stone does with Cruella sure. or something like that. But um, no, I thought it was really fun. And I agree with you. I'm bummed that, you know, soul was understandable because like they needed to get a movie out. Right. And like theaters weren't really open, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's a shame. I mean, like I know people were saying like, it's kind of slight and it sort of is, but that's kind of one of the charms of it. It's really just about like, like the lessons that they're teaching you aren't like the soul lessons where it's like these grand epiphanies for adults. Like these are like things that are practical for children. And I thought it was, you know, there's room for that done smartly. And that's what they did in this. And then like the stakes are pretty low and it makes it sort of like, kind of has like a comedic energy, like a Lilo and stitch type of thing where it's very light and, Everything. So I mean, it was just like really pleasant. I enjoyed like, it. Uh, are we talking like Monsters University ballpark? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and you and I like that more than yes most people. Yes. I like but yeah, that that's a good comparison. I would put it probably right around there. If you were to, I don't know, say rank the Pixar's. Oh, I'm going there. <laughs> <laughs> Pixar is one of those companies that yeah. there's pressure to make a masterpiece every single time, and yeah. if they don't, it's considered this massive disappointment. But like. You can have a movie that's slight and small, and it can still be great. Yeah. I mean, like, I liked Onward. I thought that was charming. That's not like shooting for the stars either. Right. But, like, yeah, sometimes you're you're not batting for a home run right. or, like, to win an Oscar and things like that. So Even though they usually do. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and then I, I mentioned it already, so I'll bring it up again. Cruella is haunting me. <laughs> Cruella haunts us all. Um, I don't know what's going on with me in that movie, but like, I think about it almost every day. What is happening? And I don't even think it's particularly good, but I just want to be around it. This is how movies (laughs) sneak up on your top 10 list. Yeah. (laughs) I want to be around it. Every time I go to the theater and I'm there early, I'm just like, which theater's Cruella in? And I watch like 10 minutes of Cruella. It's like... 80% 80% montage. It's like Rocky Four level montage. <laughs> um, Emma Stone's doing like a weird like Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror thing um, as Cruella. The movie is pulls its punches completely because there was a way in the movie that they establish where you could set up, oh, she's the dog killer from 101 Dalmatians. Oh, right. right. But then they add something where they're just like, but she's not that bad. And it's not what you think it is. And I'm just like, no, if you just like showed the visual of her wearing the coat and don't explain it, right. we'll get it. Right. And just so like that the dogs aren't around anymore. Right. We'll get it. And they don't do that. And it drives it. So, I mean, it's such a, a weak sauce type of movie but I don't know if it's like the sheer will of the marketing or the music or like just my fandom of Emma Stone or what, but like I just can't get enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still haven't seen it. Yeah. One of these days we're going to pull the trigger and probably watch it at yeah. home. But uh, yeah. I, there's nothing about it that is like making me want to see it right now. 
Yeah, I mean, it looks like it looks and feels like a movie, so I'll give that credit to it, which sure. a lot of movies these days don't. Sure. So that, and I, I appreciate that it's this big, like big budgeted sloppy mess because we don't always get those anymore. Sure. But still, I mean, it's a big budgeted sloppy mess. <laughs> Uh, and it's like well over two hours, right? Yeah, it's like two hours and 15 minutes. Okay. And they must have spent like half of their budget just on song clearances. I've like, heard that. It's crazy. Yeah. There's probably like the the end credits showing like the soundtrack that they have is longer than like the visual effects for a Marvel movie. <laughs> it's sort of unbelievable. Um, but I saw, I think part of also the reason why I liked it is I saw it in California at the right. El Capitan. Right. And they treat every movie, even if it's like a noon show on a Saturday in its second week, like it's the world premiere <laughs> and you get caught up in it. So like, okay. I really, I, the, just seeing a movie in the theater is really special. So, right. so I, I enjoyed it from that regard. Uh, about a block away is the Chinese theater. And I want to talk about that because I saw Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It there. Right. That movie's not good. And I'm a, I am I really liked the first Conjuring and the second Conjuring is pretty good. Um, and I've liked some of the Annabelle movies and, and whatnot. This one's just kind of like, I thought they were going to do something interesting because they, so, they almost established that it's going to be like a court case movie. And then it's not. And then it turns into like a Nancy Drew mystery with right. like Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson. And it kind of is missing a lot of the heart, or the heart sort of feels like kind of forced in ways that it didn't in the first two movies. But um, so it was just kind of a bummer. It just was a flat kind of third movie in a series. But the thing that I thought was so interesting was the people at the Chinese theater, they don't they didn't have their act together at all when that movie was oh. playing. It was like going to see a movie like when you were playing like if you're you, you have your kids and you're playing movie theater. <laughs> it's, it's like that's what it felt like so the so the theater was blocked off so like there were fences up and it was like three thirty, and my movie was at four so i'm like how do i get in yeah how do i buy tickets so i went to the chinese theater like one through six which is inside like the shopping center so there's like the imax which is the historical theater and then there's the one through six which are the smaller theaters okay so I go to the one through six and I'm just like, how do I buy tickets to this theater? How do I get in? So they're like, you can buy the ticket here. Just go up to the gate and wait for somebody and they'll let you in. What? So I go, so I get my ticket. I go down to, um, to the gate and I'm standing there. And then the woman, and I just said, Oh, excuse me. And I like wave to somebody. I'm like, I've got a ticket for this movie that's starting in 20 minutes. Like, how do I get in? And then she's just like, wait right here. I got to take your temperature. And I was just like, okay. And then I waited for like five minutes. And she comes back and she's like, just go in already. And I was what? like, but don't you have to take my temperature? And she's like, no. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> Maybe she has a twin sister. <laughs> I guess. It's one of those mix em ups. So it was real weird. So then I'm, so I'm, I'm not inside the theater yet because all the doors are locked. But I'm <laughs> right. in like the little promenade. And I look like a complete psycho because I'm on the other <laughs> side of the fence that other people can't get through. And they're just like taking pictures and everything. I'm like, am I in their pictures? Like, what is going on? So then finally I see another guy walking by and I'm like, I've got this movie that's starting in 15 minutes. Can I get in? And then he goes, I got to talk to the other guy. He's supposed to be watching the door. So I'm just like, okay. 
So then he goes into this door, and then another guy comes out, and then he holds the door open, and he goes, can I help you? And I said, <laughs> yeah, I want to see the movie. And he's like, well, do you have a ticket? I said, yeah. And he's like, did they take your temperature? And I said, no. And he's just like, well, wait right here. So then <laughs> so he comes back. He takes my temperature. I finally get inside the theater. Part of the appeal of the Chinese theater is this historical value. So, right, like, right. I wanted to get there a little early so I could walk around the lobby and look right. at the displays and everything. The entire lobby is dark. So you can't see anything. So it's just like, all right, I can see that there's glass cases that I'm trying not to walk into, but I can't see what's in them, yada, yada, yada. So I go to the concession stand, and I'm just like, all right, I haven't eaten in a while. I'm going to get something to eat. The concession stand has popcorn, pop, candy. That's it. Okay. It's like a kid's concession stand. It's popcorn, pop, candy. So I order the food and everything. I go in the theater. The Chinese theater seats maybe a 1,000 or more. It's a huge theater. Okay. So I sit down. Three seats away from me, somebody sits down. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, what is happening? (laughs) So I'm sitting there. They're not making any noise, but then, like, a group of people sit, like, two rows in front of me, and they're making noise. So I get up, and I go from, like, row L to, like, row Z in the corner. So I'm in the corner. There's nobody around me. I'm watching the movie in peace and quiet. But then I noticed that every time, and maybe it's just because it's The Conjuring, but like every time somebody goes up the, the steps to leave the theater, yeah. they see me and it freaks them out. <laughs> like it scares them because they're not expecting somebody in the corner right. like that. Right. So then well, I... Well, you were fully masturbating. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, it was the third act. The devil made me do it. Yeah, it was the third act, <laughs> you know, mood strikes. <laughs> devil made me do it. So then the devil made me blew it. Um, so then I'm all self-conscious about it. And I'm just like, shit, should I like hide? <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I, I go from my aisle seat to like four seats in where it's even more dark. So I'm just like hoping nobody sees me. And then like one other person walks up and they just go. And they're like glaring at me because I'm like, yes, I'm a person watching yeah, The Conjuring right. 3. I'm trying to, for your benefit, not scare you, but clearly I am scaring you. And that was the movie. Wow. Wow. And then the movie's not good. And then the movie's not good. I haven't watched it because uh, I don't love a lot of The Conjuring verse movies. And then the word of mouth was bad. You told me it was bad. The yeah. trailer I saw made it look like kind of a demonic possession thing, which I'm not into. Yeah. Yeah. So and, even though it's on HBO Max, I haven't bothered to watch it. I think I still will. Yeah. Maybe when June is over. Yeah. Well, be careful because 30 know it days. Leaves. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, you're not missing much. Yeah, right. Watch Annabelle Comes Home instead. Okay. That one's a lot better. I need to watch all the Annabelle movies. I like one and three. Okay. So in other words, the two that nobody else likes <laughs> and the, two, the one that everybody likes, I don't like. Interesting. So, yeah. It's Cruella all over. Yeah, again. right? It's a real Sparks Brothers Cruella <laughs> situation. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Why wow. <laughs> um, if I do choose to watch it at home, can you come lurk somewhere in my basement so that you can scare me every time I move? <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I mean, um, the pandemic's over. You might as well. Yeah, yeah. And then um, another theater. I'm only mentioning this because it was another weird theater experience. <laughs> I, saw, I saw Quiet Place Part 2. On opening night at uh, the IMAX in in Barrington. And I'm sitting there. I'm in the back row. I'm watching the movie. Movie's fine. 
It's a quiet place part two. It's the same thing as the first one. That's kind of how I felt yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. The I actually fr- liked the first one. The opening I thought was the best part of the movie. The opening of the new one? Of the new one. Yeah. 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 Um, I liked the first one when it came out. I was like, that was really good. I mm-hmm. never wanted to revisit it ever. Yeah. And going to see the new one kind of felt like homework. Mm-hmm. But I went. And it's fine. It's well done. Yeah. It's well made. But mm-hmm. I probably won't watch it again. It just is so empty. Like, there's such... Like, I know that they kind of try to have emotional stakes in the movie. But yeah. I don't feel anything. Like, when I watch it, I, I just admire... It like I would admire a, a watch that runs real well. Yeah, uh, which I mean, there's certainly there's value there. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. absolutely. But um, so I'm watching that movie. Movie ends. IMAX, you know, stadium seating. Right. Two, three rows in front of me. Guy gets up at the end credits. His entire ass is out. Oh wow! Entire ass pulls up his pants, does his belt, leaves. <laughs> He's there with his girlfriend or his wife too. So who knows what was going yeah, on? Wow. If something was going on, it was quiet. <laughs> <laughs> the devil made him do it. Yeah, wow. <laughs> but wow. I I just wasn't expecting that because it's like No, you so rarely are. <laughs> no, you see, you know, the credits on an IMAX screen, but then you see a giant ass. <laughs> You're having some good luck lately at I, the movies. Yeah. I mean people are coming out in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> pandemic's over yeah let's go fuck at the multiplex <laughs> exactly yeah yeah so i think i've only seen that once it was during think like a man too you really saw that happening there were people like dry humping oh wow it wasn't like they weren't naked or anything but okay. yeah they were clearly like doing a risky business situation interesting yeah i've never seen it i don't think no at least not that I was aware of. Maybe yeah. stuff was happening, hand yeah. stuff or something. I don't know. I was very annoyed because it was Think Like a Man too. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you saw that in theaters, by the way. I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's uh, that's pretty much it. All right. Uh, what do I got? Um, finally got around to watching In the Heights yesterday. How'd that go? Uh, watched it on HBO Max. You went to the theater to see it, yeah? Yeah. And you liked it. I liked it enough. The more I think about it, the more I'm just like, it's no Cruella. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is becoming a problem. Uh, that's probably where I'm at in terms of like, yeah, I like it enough. I think yeah. it was made by talented people. Everybody in it is very talented. Everybody making it is very talented. It just didn't do much for me. Yeah. It seemed kind of like one idea repeated over and over again for two hours and 20 minutes. I thought the stakes were super small in most cases. Which is fine. And it's I guess this fine. is probably a criticism of the show and not the movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was based on that show. So. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It was just like, at the end of it, it felt the tone of the movie felt bigger than the stakes of the movie, if that made sense. Uh Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I, I was expecting it to be... Just kind of like this epic or like a tragedy or something like that. <laughs> right, and then like, right. you're just like, oh, well, that just wasn't that at all. Okay. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's about going, should I go back to college? Right. It's like, all right. Can like, I open a bodega somewhere else? <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. I don't know. But <laughs> but on the other hand, this is a thing that with me that I, I feel like my brain is broken is because I can watch a movie and recognize it's good. And then I don't like it. 
<laughs> no, I, does that make I, sense? I, I, yeah, it's like in I the heights. I'm just that. like whatever in the heights. Tell with in the heights, and then I'm just like it was good. If somebody asked me, "Was is it good?" Right. Should I watch it? I'm like, yeah. And then I'm just like, I don't really give a shit about that movie either. Well, because I think there's a difference between recognizing like, oh, there's value in this, even though it didn't do anything for me. Yeah. You know, like, and that's kind of in the heights. Like like I said, everybody that is responsible for it is very talented. Mm -hmm. It's put together well. It's the choreography is good. The music is Lin-Manuel Miranda. It sounds very much like Hamilton, you know. Um, The performances are fine. Everybody's good. It just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. But if somebody asked me if they should watch it, I would say sure. Yeah. It was good in theaters. I mean, it looks beautiful. Yeah, I'll bet. So, yeah. I'll bet. So, yeah. In the Heights. They they marketed that movie like crazy. Like, I felt like it was being target marketed strictly to me in some way. <laughs> like, it was just so all over the place. Like, when I was away, like, just on billboards everywhere really? or, like every movie i was seeing there was some kind of like a promo for yeah. it or like online you know you got like banner ads for it everywhere or things like that it was just i it, by the time i saw it i was almost like just relieved that the marketing blitz was gonna end right and that was kind yeah. of how i felt about it but that's how yeah. i felt when ed tv finally came out <laughs> yeah that it make a good double <laughs> i saw the trailer for ed tv before every movie i saw in like 98 99 yeah so i was so excited for it to come out because it meant never seeing the trailer again yeah yeah there there should be like a whole show of the movies like that <laughs> <laughs> um so that was one movie we watched yesterday for father's day we also uh watched i showed the kids the brendan Fraser remake of bedazzled mm-hmm. which i think is a really funny movie I liked it. I haven't seen it since, like, video, but I, I did enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Elizabeth Hurley, I think, is really good in it and kind of got done dirty as an actor, I think, because, speaking of EdTV, mm-hmm. um, she, you know, is kind of known for, like, the first Austin Powers and then gets more or less recast. Yeah. And I guess bedazzled and not much else. I mean, she acted a few other times, and I'm sure, like, she's probably doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I'm trying to think of what else she was in besides that. Uh, she was in a Catherine Bigelow movie called The Weight of Water. Okay. She was in a Tom DeChillo movie called Something with Dennis Leary where he has back pain, and I can't remember the name of it now. She was in Serving Sarah. Serving Sarah, yikes. Who can forget serving <laughs> yikes. Sarah? Yikes. Was she in Extreme she Measures with Hugh Grant? Yes. Okay. Yes, and possibly Executive Decision? Or is no, that, that's she, was in, she was in she Passenger, Passenger 57. 57. I knew I could see her on yeah. the plane. Yeah, Okay. Yeah. Um, but Brendan Fraser is really funny in it, really overacting, yeah. and, uh, but very enjoyable, and I miss Harold Ramis movies. Uh, Brendan Fraser is going to be in the new Soderbergh movie on HBO Max. Well, it comes out pretty soon, right? Yeah, July 1st. Yeah. Yep. So that's exciting. Yep. Um, I would... Uh, there was a Blu-ray of Bedazzled that was like a Best Buy exclusive that quickly went out of print, and now I mm-hmm. can't get it. But I would like a Blu-ray of it very much. So somebody yeah. put it out. Like Kino Lorber, they just announced Mystery Men. Surely they can also put out Bedazzled. Yeah. I like Mystery Men. I haven't seen it. It's good. It was ahead of its time, unfortunately. It's no Cruella. Well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I saw that on Revenge Day, everyone. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to talk about. Because like, I've been watching, you know, obviously a ton of stuff for June Exploitation. Like I said, at least one theme movie per day. 
early in the month I was watching like three theme movies per day and I mm-hmm. couldn't keep that pace up. But yeah. like Erica and I finally watched Porky's. Have you ever seen Porky's? No. I cannot for the life of me figure out why that movie was so popular. I don't I didn't is, crack a smile once. Is Bill Murray in a lot of it or just a He's not in any of it. Oh, I you're thinking of meatballs. meatballs. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Understandably confusing. Yeah. Uh no, Porky's is Bob Clark and really yeah. nobody famous except Kim Cattrall okay. as a supporting role. But I it, can't watch that movie ever because I just think of when 80s all over called it a sex crime. So I'm just like, sure. yeah, I can't go there then. And that's pretty much what it is, like most yeah. early 80s sex comedies. Sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it's not good. But I also have been rewatching a lot of Clint Eastwood movies for some reason. Okay. The Dirty Harry series I've rewatched. Three, all of them? Three fifths. Which, so that was. I didn't watch Dirty Harry and I didn't watch The Deadpool. Okay. So you watched Sun Impact, The Enforcer, and Magnum Force? Yeah. I've only seen Magnum Force of those three. Magnum Force is good. Magnum Force I really is, liked it, yeah. is written by, which I didn't realize, but it's written by John Milius and, oh, okay. and Michael Cimino. Hmm. Right? That's a good pedigree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I didn't love Sudden Impact of the three. I thought, like, that's the one where he's playing a cartoon version of Dirty Harry. And I've seen these is, before, but it had been years. Is that the one with Tyne Daly? No. That's the That's other one. That's the Enforcer, okay. right? Sudden Impact is Sandra Locke. Okay. Yeah, it's Killing right. the people that raped her, and he's he's doing his whole, like, who puts ketchup on a hot dog? <laughs> Go ahead. Make my day. That's where that comes from. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and he's just, he's playing the mule already, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. I need to see the mule. It's, f- I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to. To compartmentalize Clint Eastwood's later career, because ever since the chair thing, like I feel, and Gran Torino, like Oof. I feel gross yes. sometimes watching his stuff. But I gotta admit, like it, whether it's like the you know cottage cheese and a grapefruit pacing or what is what it is, like I just kind of like the the tempo of his movies because they're so like atypical of what is released now right and the mule is sort of funnier than i expected it to be okay so i don't know because i thought it was gonna be like real heavy-handed but it's really not it's kind of uh kind of goofy i'm on a big clint eastwood kick so i definitely need to see the mule there's a bunch there's a few like newer ones that i never saw i never saw jersey boys that's one of my mom's favorite movies that i okay it's not that good but but yeah, um, uh, I never saw Trouble with the Curve, which I know he didn't. <laughs> it's really direct. funny. It's really funny. Yeah, but yeah. he's in. Yeah, I like Amy Adams. Yeah, she looks she looks real cute in that movie. All right, um, I that's back me. That's back when I liked Amy Adams. You don't anymore because of the woman in the window. No, like every movie she's in <laughs> is why I don't like Amy Adams anymore. Like, just did get, you see the woman in the window? I didn't see the woman Oof. in the window, but I've seen like the trailer for Dear Evan Hansen, where she plays. Like, oh, I haven't a, seen that yet. Like the lead guy in that movie, like he might really be like a twenty-year-old actor. I don't know, but he looks like fucking Paul Reiser in <laughs> Aliens. Like I'm just like you can't have him play a high school student. <laughs> 
And like the moment he starts singing, and I'm just like, oh fuck you! Like this is this this Oscar bait crap. Yeah, unfortunately. Like, give me Venom. Let there be carnage compared to this. Like, I haven't watched that trailer either. Yeah, when I I don't know. That, I didn't like the first Venom. So I didn't either. Uh, yeah. Um, going back to Clint Eastwood, I I want I really want to see um like some of his '80s stuff that I've missed. Like yeah, Pale Rider and Heartbreak Ridge. And never seen Heartbreak Ridge. Pale. Pale Rider Rules. Okay. Yeah, I really like that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Yep. Let's talk 90s action. Let's do it. Let's talk Broken Arrow. Yeah. Uh, from 1996, John Woo's second American movie after Hard Target. Mm-hmm. Christian Slater, John Travolta, Samantha Mathis, yes. and Howie fucking Long. Bob Gunton. <laughs> the Gunt. Frank Whaley. <laughs> I forgot Whaley was in this until I was watching it today, and I was like, holy shit, this is a, a reunion not just of 3,000 Miles to Graceland, but yeah, also yeah. of... Uh, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction and the Chelsea Stardust movie uh, that Frank Whaley and Samantha Mathis are in together. Is it uh, Satanic Panic? No. Okay. The Destroy... Oh, my God. All That We Destroy. Okay. It's a Hulu movie that's really good. I wonder if Frank Whaley's... Not his casting but like his entire character was reverse engineered from i don't know what's scarier oh for sure have we lost a new that we lost a nuclear weapon or that it happened so often that there's for actually a term sure. for it yeah like he's like a trailer character because like <laughs> that's a big thing with this movie is they just sort of like selectively lose track of certain actors and they're just right. like yeah we remember delroy lindo was in this sort of <laughs> He's there just to. There's so many just expositional characters in yeah. this movie. Um, you know, aside from Travolta, Slater, and I guess Samantha Mathis, mm-hmm. like, not that they're particularly well defined characters, but everybody else is there to just move things along or explain shit to the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is written by Graham Yost, who, of course, wrote Speed. Mm-hmm. knows his way around an action movie also wrote hard rain which we just he talked did. about recently yeah reuniting with slater a yeah. few years later for hard rain i might like hard rain better than this movie wow <laughs> i said i might i'm okay. not positive i was really debating it because the first couple minutes i was having a good time because i saw this yeah. in 96 and was not crazy about it yeah and i think i had unrealistic expectations because i wanted it to be the great John Woo American movie. Yeah. And I don't think it is. Uh, and I'm not sure I've seen it since then. Okay. So my memory of it was, was that it was disappointing and watching it today, I was having a pretty good time for a little while. And like when they, we get to the scene of them flying where he's first going to shoot Christian Slater and we get these crazy close-ups of his eyes and like mm-hmm. guitar stings. I'm like, this is the John Woo insanity I'm here for. Yeah. And then the movie just kind of stalls for like 90 minutes and then picks up at the climax. I could see what you're saying. I think it's the setting of like the Utah desert kind of makes the movie feel more kind of sluggish than maybe it would if it was set somewhere else. Um, And also like the fact that it's basically we've got to get to this underground area we got to get to this river we got to get to this boat we got to get to this train it's like so i mean yeah it is kind of like in fits and starts um 
I don't know. I still love it. Like you I love it. Okay. I, 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 yeah. I, I think it's fair to say I like it. Like, yeah. I think it's totally fine. Yeah. It's not a bad movie at all. I want to love it because of who's involved. Yeah. And I, I, I can't quite get there. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. Like, and I don't think, um, it's nearly the best of John Woo's American movies. Like, I think it's top three, but I think it's definitely number three behind uh, Face Off and Hard Target. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, but it's laps better than like. But Mission I haven't seen Impossible. Wind Talkers. To be fair, it's a Nicolas Cage movie. I haven't seen Wind Talkers. Is a little self serious. Like, well, yeah. it should be serious. I but got I mean, that. Like, <laughs> but it's 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 a little it's less lighten up World War Two. Yeah, it's less poppy than his other <laughs> yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't remember liking Paycheck really Woof, at all. No. And then Mission Impossible Two, like I sometimes. forgot that one. <laughs> I, like sometimes I can get down with it, but sometimes it's too much Chimera for me. Do you, okay, so when you say that. Do you mean yeah. sometimes in the movie you're into it and sometimes you're not? Or like sometimes you're in the mood for Mission Impossible 2 and sometimes you're not? More the second. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, sometimes I'm just like, I want to see long-haired Tom Cruise yes. whip it, whipping in slow motion. and to I want to see... Ico. I want to yeah. be mountain climbing. And I want to see like head-on collisions between him and Doug Ray Scott jumping in the air yeah. and hugging each other and stuff like that. I like... want to watch the role of Wolverine just disappear from <laughs> Doug Ray Scott's grasp as Mission Impossible 2 goes into reshoots. Exactly. Exactly. Poor Doug Ray. <laughs> the road less traveled. Yeah, um, yeah no, but I, I I don't know. I, I also think that there's a little bit of revisionist history for me because the first time I saw Broken Arrow, I remember being kind of mixed on it. Yeah. But over the years, like almost any 90s action movie for me just is exactly what I want. Sure. So this is a case where the past maybe – three or four times that I've seen it. Like I've, I've just really kind of rallied around broken arrow, despite knowing that there's a lot of, you know, nitpicks I could make if I wanted sure. to. So. Well, it's value is, you know, uh, in that it gave us Christian Slater action hero. Yes. It eventually leads to John Woo making face off, which is sort mm. of his magnum opus in terms of his American output. Yes. Um, and it starts, Travolta off in his villain roles, which he would play a lot of. Yeah, I weirdly th enough. Yeah, I thought um, until I looked at his filmography, I thought it, I I was remembering Carrie this and like the Taking of Pelham One Two Three remake. But then no, I mean Swordfish, like Swordfish, The Punisher, The Fanatic, The Fanatic, that one with De Niro where he's Killing the, Season, Killing Season. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So no, he's. And he always sort of plays it the same way, over the top. Well, so... <laughs> that might be a good place to start. Yeah, Travolta for yeah. me is sort of the elephant in the room here. Okay. Uh, what What are your feelings about his performance in Broken Arrow? He's having fun, and that makes me have fun, especially in the sense that the rest of the movie is kind of, you know, in the middle maybe needs kind of an energy boost. Okay. And I think whether it's working or not working, it's certainly fascinating to watch. And um, I think he gives the movie an energy that that it needs, okay. especially when it goes away from either him or Slater or Mathis. Yeah. Okay. For me, he's like having fun in air quotes. Like I get it. Yeah. Look how much fun I'm having. Yeah. Look how 
over the top I can be. I mean, we've seen a lot of people play villains as sort of this over the top thing. And a lot of times we sort of champion that kind of um, like, look at how big they're going. Look at what such a joy of performance here. Mm -hmm. And for some reason with it, with John Travolta specifically in this movie, it just doesn't click with me. Yeah. Um, the the choices that he makes and the way that he goes big and just how mannered all his like it's very hammy all of his smoking is and all of his physicality <laughs> is yeah. so mannered and yeah. just like sort of calculated to be big and over the top it's weird that he settles into playing so many villains because he's like one of the most likable movie stars yeah. when he's in movie star mode, you know? Yeah, he, I read that he had the choice of either part, and he chose the villain because he thought it was more interesting to play, which I get. Absolutely. And um, and I don't think the movie works if they switch roles, honestly. You would have to recast it. Yes. Because Christian Slater as the bad guy to John, to John Travolta's good guy just seems unbalanced in a weird way. Yes. Um, Absolutely. But I want to get back to like what you were saying with kind of his playing a villain and air quotes and stuff like that because you're totally right. It's it, it part of the you know psychology I would guess of a person who is like a psychotic you know rogue former mm-hmm. you know U.S. Air Force stealth bomber pilot would be maybe they don't know that they're crazy, but like he feels like he's fully aware that he's playing a movie character. He never feels like a person. Yes. Um, Or even, you know, like, based on his motivations, he feels like, like, if his motivation is, like, I want to get rich and I want to, I've been passed over too many times, that's, like, more like how Ed Harris and The Rock would be. Like, he wouldn't be, like so crazy that he was just like, I'm just going to blow up, you know, yeah, I'm going to kill like 500,000 people just because, because like I'm, I'm nuts. And I think it would be kind of, uh, you know, amusing to me and things like that. So like, so yeah, I mean like his whole character feels artificial and like, there's weird things like you mentioned the smoking thing, but for me it was the selective Southern accent. (laughs) Like there's certain times where I'm just like, is he playing it as like a Southerner or like, is he not? Or like, has he been doing this the whole time? And I didn't notice. (laughs) Yeah. It's, or it's like, that's on me. Yeah. It almost feels like he's in a movie with, 90% 90% other Southern actors and he's trying to fit in, <laughs> right. but like nobody else is doing it. So it's really strange. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a collection of like little ticks and yeah. one liners. And I just like in the beginning, it was kind of working for me. His mm-hmm. whole, like the whole boxing scene that of course pays off later. And <laughs> I'm kind of like a idiot level. I like the bookends of that. Okay. So yeah, but I I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah but during the boxing scene, yeah. I'm on board. Like yeah. with him as sort of this dark mentor figure. Or he's just like a like a bully friend. Right. Yeah. But then just I I don't know. As soon as he goes full bad guy, I'm like yeah. ah, this is not. And I've seen him play bad guys in other roles, mm-hmm. uh, and he rarely seems to be relishing it as much as he does here so to your point like yeah he's definitely 
having a good time. Like his bad guy roles in Swordfish, which you just rewatched pretty recently. Yeah. Or the Punisher, they're a lot more kind of glum. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't seem to be having as good a time playing those villains as he does in 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 this movie with the name of which I could not Bro- remember for Broken a second. Arrow. I wanted to call it Blown Away. <laughs> yeah. uh, Broken Arrow. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I I totally get what you're what you're saying. I think part of my defense of his performance in this movie, or just my enjoyment of his performance, maybe that's a better way of phrasing it, sure. is I'm just happy that he's back because at yeah. this point in time, this was like his kind of back as a movie star flex moment. Absolutely, um, it was Get Shorty. This and then, like this year, he had like Phenomenon also and Ooh. Michael and <laughs> oh gosh, and ninety six. But, but these are movies that are making like like Phenomenon grossed like a hundred million dollars yeah. like in ninety six. Yeah, or like Michael was like the movie of that Christmas right. season, like the highest grossing movie of that Christmas wow. season. It's like he was a he Huge was back as a star, movie star yeah. and as somebody who's like a fan of his, it's right. just nice to see him kind of, you know, have that glow for a while. Yeah. Um, I thought it was funny when you mentioned the cigarette thing, because like I noticed that he carried that over from Get Shorty. He did that in Get Shorty also. And I love his smoking in Get Shorty, so yeah. go figure. It's kind of funny, though, because like I saw... Um, I saw Get Shorty at like the Dollar Theater and then... Which we'll get back to in a second because I've got a funny Broken Arrow dollar theater thing. But um, I remember two old men were walking out of Get Shorty when my dad and I were walking out of Get Shorty. And they were just like, what was with his smoking? It was like that was like the thing that fascinated them. I couldn't tell like if they were like, that's great smoking acting. Or it was like, he's never smoked a cigarette in his (laughs) life. Like, what was he doing? But I noticed that like in this one, he seems like... Like a kid with bubblegum cigarettes. Yes. Like, just yes. really overdoing it. Yes. But I don't know. And also, I think, for me, too, I think it's kind of the comparison of, like, Travolta looks better because he's in scenes next to a nagging Bob Gunton. <laughs> so I'm siding with Travolta. Where he's in scenes with, like, Howie Long, who's like a human bowl of <laughs> chunky soup. Like, I don't like Howie Long at all. No, why would you? So... But <laughs> yeah, I hate that scene where he's like faking the distress call. Oh yeah, and then they're just like, "Man, you missed your calling, boy. You should have been an actor." I'm like, "That was horrible." <laughs> have you ever seen Firestorm? I've seen like as much as I can of Firestorm. I'll put it that way. Uh, William Forsythe saves Firestorm. Okay, I haven't seen enough of it to. You can borrow my non-anamorphic DVD. <laughs> Sold. Um. <laughs> But I think the the MVP of the movie is Christian Slater or Samantha Mathis and Christian Slater together. Yeah, they're great, and it's yeah. like fun to see them back yeah. together. And obviously, they have residual chemistry from yeah. Pump Up the Volume and Fern Gully, and of course from Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. There must have been a rule in this movie. It's like you can't if you're an actor, you have to have worked with somebody else in the <laughs> cast at some point before. Um, but yeah, this may this movie makes me always like sad that samantha mathis didn't have a bigger hollywood career yeah um because i think she's really likable and just like acquits herself really well in the action scenes and um christian slater i i just get more and more impressed with him when i go back and revisit his stuff as i get older like i just think that he's 
he can do a lot of different stuff. And um, I think in action movies, he's just immediately somebody that you can root for. He's yeah. He doesn't... He's, like, humble in a way that's appealing. Mm-hmm. He kind of had. He kind of is of the school of like the Keanu Reeves and Speed type of thing right. in this movie. Yeah, there's something unpretentious about him. Yeah, as an action hero, and it's weird because he starts out playing dark characters. Mm-hmm. I think now he tends to play more dark characters. I feel like when I see him pop up and stuff, it's more yeah. like on the villainous side or anti-hero side. Mm -hmm. So for him to play kind of a a Boy Scout like this is casting a little bit against type, but it totally works. He's also the best part of Wind Talkers. Him and, um, I forgot what the other actor, who the other actor was. Nicolas Cage. It's not Nicolas Cage, because Nicolas Cage is paired up with Adam Beach in that movie. And they're the lead duo. But then Christian Slater's like the and credit, and he's paired up with like another Native American soldier. Got it. And their story is so much more interesting than the uh, Beach Cage one. Got it. So that's, they almost like steal the movie from mm. those two guys. I but should have made a war day for Junesploitation so I could watch Wind Talkers. There's always next year. There's I can't a, wait till next year to watch Wind Talkers. There's always Free Space Day. I've only waited however many years. There's always the holiday episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. This year's holiday show is Wind Talkers, everybody. <laughs> How about the holiday show is just all for woo, and it's just whatever woos we want to watch. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, um, talkers this and paycheck that. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, Christian Slater's the man. I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, him in the action movies. And also, he's got the physicality where, like, he can't be the macho, overpowering guy. He has to be, like, the underdog type of action hero. Because he's a, li- a little bit smaller? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he's smaller and he just doesn't have, like, the physical presence. Like, because even right. when they put um, him and Travolta next to each other, like, Travolta's got, like, at least, yeah. like, four or five inches of height on Is him. Is Travolta tall? He's, like, 6'2", something he? like okay. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've always thought him to be pretty tall but mm-hmm. you've actually stood next to the man so i figured I'd he was go right sitting to the source he was sitting did you ask him to stand up just so you could <laughs> i should have but he he was maybe on a platform but i feel like him sitting was taller than me so like <laughs> oh he's a giant yeah <laughs> yeah so um and also he didn't have hair anymore so it was kind of like by a nose so. oh that's true yeah because so, yeah. his hair gave him a couple extra inches yeah exactly it, back in the day back in like the saturday night fever days vic deacons Deke, you Deke. the man. You the man. That's how he longs. I'm the big, man. That's how he longs. Big trailer. Another thing is moment. Just like how they have um, call, you know, like you can't be in Broken Arrow unless you've worked with one of the yeah. actors before. Yeah. There's also like distractingly for me, there's like lines that are callbacks to other movies that these guys have been in, or maybe have not even been, or maybe or weren't in. So like, the line that always stands out to me is. Um, when uh, Travolta and um, Slater are in the underground tunnel and they're just talking shit to each other yeah. over the walkie-talkie, um, uh, Slater's just like, I don't know, maybe you have a head full of bad wiring or something. I'm like, well, at least in the universe of this movie, Riley Hale has definitely seen Batman 89 because that's a line from Batman. Really? Like, where he's where um, Bruce Wayne is saying Jack Napier must have oh, had a yeah, head yeah, full yeah. of bad wiring. Wow. And it's so, and Batman's like a movie that everybody's seen and Including everybody's seen Riley it Hale. more than one time. Right. So I'm just like, 
you had to have known people Riley Hale definitely this. got the VHS for Christmas that exactly, year. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then um, when Travolta says, like, I say, God damn, what a rush. Like, that's from, yeah, that's Pulp, from Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. But this movie gave birth to Ain't It Cool News. Oh, my God. Yes, it did. <laughs> I hate that line. I've always hated that line. Yeah. You're crazy, uh, right? Is it you're crazy? Uh, you're something your like mind. you're out of your mind. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, ain't it cool? <laughs> Terrible. It's in all the trailers. I hate it. It yeah. launches a website that ruins everything. Yeah, way to go, guys. <laughs> way to say. You had the chance of setting up what the internet culture was going to be right, like, and, and you did a, <laughs> did a bang-up job. To be fair, some good writers came out of it. I, I, yes, very much so. Yeah. Um, But this movie is also... One that I often describe as like having a basket of delights where there's just okay. like little things in it that I just, I can't wait to see again okay. when I'm watching Broken Arrow. For example? I always find it really funny how Delroy Lindo's helicopter crashes into a wall for no reason. What's up with that? Why do they just <laughs> kill off Delroy Lindo? First you get shot. Yeah, he gets shot. But then, and then, and then they they're shooting at the plane. A... But they're shooting at the plane. They're shooting at the helicopter. But the helicopter kind of like course corrects, has time to clear the wall, which isn't that high. Right. But then the pilot's almost just like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and then they crash, and there's no like anything to it. No. Uh, so there's that. There's um, the scene where Delroy Lindo, Christian Slater, and Frank Whaley are are sharing information with each other before the climax of the movie starts. And they're in this bait shop or like this fisherman's store. And I always laugh because in the, um, in the uh, background, there's a shirt that just says, shut up fish. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So there's stuff like that. Um, This has one of my favorite bad guy deaths ever. Of John Travolta at the end of okay. this movie. Yeah, it's good. It's phenomenal. It's good. He gets <laughs> hit in the stomach with a missile <laughs> and folds in on it like a C yeah. and then get his dummy gets shot out and then blown, <laughs> uh, shot out of the train car, hits a bunch of steel drums and explodes. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's some Cyrus the Virus shit right yeah, there. It's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? Also, this movie was like real big in my period of time where I was all about Humvees and stealth bomber planes. <laughs> I was like 15 when okay. this came or No, I was 13 when this came out. All right. And the 96 was a big year for me where I was, it was between this and like the rock and everything. I was just like, I got to get a Humvee. I'm like whatever I do, my first car has to be a Humvee didn't happen it was an 89 honda accord <laughs> but i was like watching videos where it was like humvee versus brick wall and i'm just like yeah humvee <laughs> like humvee never loses um and then the stealth bomber plane i thought was super cool until i saw the movie stealth and then it wasn't cool anymore. i never saw stealth oh rob cohen rob cohen josh lucas yeah jamie fox and beale how could they have gone wrong? I don't know. And they did. I never saw it. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, this movie, though, does have some... I, I remember on my first podcast that I did with you, we were talking about Oz the Great and Powerful. <laughs> Good Lord. There's a podcast on that movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? We've been doing this way too long. We really have. <laughs> yeah. 
That's why another fun thing to do is go back and listen to our voices on shows like that, where it's like much more higher pitched and faster. And now it's like, now it's like the the movies, (laughs) Um, the movies, the movies. It's been a while. Um, (laughs) The road tested us. Um, The little brother. But I remember on that show, I was talking about the movie Dead Man Down. Do you remember that with Colin Farrell and Numi Rapace and Terrence yes, Howard? It was a WWE movie. Was it? Yeah. Okay. So I've seen it, but I do not remember one second of it. So I said in that movie that I one thing I hate in my action movies is like Eastern block guys in track suits. Like I just don't want to see track suits in yeah. my movies. Sure. And also, like, weapons-grade plutonium was really big that year. I think I just hate in action movies anytime there's nukes. I think nukes just suck the fun out of, like... Because there's nothing cool you can do with, like, the nukes. Right. And they're basically just, like, the... What do you call it? The MacGuffin type of thing. But I just... I don't know. Every time I hear nukes, my movie boner shrinks. I just don't like it. No. So and yet you like Broken Arrow, which has two nukes. Yeah, double the nukes. Yeah, but I like when they turn them off. Sure, that's my favorite part. Christian Slater turns the one off as he jumps out of a train <laughs> just before it hits John Travolta in the stomach. Yes. Um, what should we call it? Uh, Roger Ebert in his review has a great line about that. He says this movie comes down to two guys fighting on a burning train for a channel surfer. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like. Uh, Christian Slater's like little jump that he does sure. with, and turns off the TV or right. the nuke. That's how I turn on and off the TV. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> it hurts like hell. I've done it so many times. Yeah. Well, you should try landing on a couch or something, not no, on the floor. No, I feel like I need to commit to the bit. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, that sequence, I do, I used to always like the Wilhelm scream that Holly Long does when he gets kicked out. No. But now my favorite part of it is that Christian Slater yells, Incoming! <laughs> Why, Broken Arrow? What do you do some of the things that you do? If It wouldn't be Broken Arrow if they didn't do those things. <laughs> I guess. So, I don't know. I guess. So, you mentioned that this comes out the same year as The Rock. So, we yeah. have the, you know, we get non-traditional action movie star John Travolta. Yeah. We get non-traditional action movie star Nicolas Cage. Yeah. A year later, we get them together in a John Woo movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have to choose between Broken Arrow and The Rock, which one do you pick? The Rock. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll take Face Off over Broken Arrow. I take The Rock over Broken Arrow. Okay. Um, speaking of which. Do you take Face Off over The Rock? Close. Yeah, it is close. I think I would take The Rock slightly over Face Off. I might take Face Off. I don't know. Now that I think about now, after I said it, it felt wrong. I think I would take <laughs> Face Off. All right, because I had that question for you. Oh, yeah. I like Bro- questions. 96 action movies, Broken Arrow or this. Oh, I love this game. Okay. So we did Broken Arrow or The Rock. Yeah, The Rock. They have From Dust Till Dawn in here. That not is really not an, an action, action movie. movie. Star Trek First Contact. Star Trek First Contact. Okay. Broken Arrow or Eraser? Ooh. I got to go with Eraser. Broken Arrow or Executive Decision? Executive Decision's a better movie. See, one thing I like less than nukes is hijacking. (laughs) Sure, that's understandable. So, yeah. 
But I feel like executive, and I haven't seen executive decision in a number of years, so yeah. I don't know if it holds up. But I remember that being one of those like little gems that really surprised me, mm-hmm. uh, and not just because it has the good sense to kill off Steven Seagal very early on. Yeah, I lo- did. You ever hear the story about that with him not knowing that was going to happen to him? Yes, it's great. I love it. What it was something fill in more for the listeners who haven't heard that story. It was something to the effect of. He thought Seagal thought that it was going to be basically like a two-hander action movie with him and Kurt Russell. And then there was a day where they were going to like shoot his death scene and they basically lied to him and said that his character was going to survive this <laughs> part of the movie. <laughs> and then um they told him after the fact that they killed off his character, basically like firing him from the movie or dismissing him from the movie. And the cast or crew or whomever hated him so much that that's why there's, they show in the, in the movie and I have a vague memory of it, but like when the stealth thing that's, that's suctioned up to the, to the airplane um, separates his body goes like flying yeah, out yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah. So that's why they have that in there. It's like a <laughs> just little, as a like fuck just you. as a fuck you. Yeah. Um, love that. Yeah. Um, okay. Broken this arrow. This makes it sound like I don't like broken arrow, but you've just named three pretty good movies. And the only reason I picked a racer no, over broken arrow is because of Schwarzenegger. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean like I would pick broken arrow over a racer, but I like both of them. Yeah. So I mean, it's, you know, a Sophie's choice. Sure. Not quite, but you know, <laughs> um, broken arrow or maximum risk. Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow or The Substitute. Ooh, The Substitute's pretty good, yeah. but Broken Arrow. Substitute is fun. Yeah. Um, Broken Arrow or Independence Day. Independence Day. Broken Arrow or Mission Impossible. Uh, Mission Impossible. Broken Arrow or The Long Kiss Goodnight. That's 96? Yep. Long Kiss Goodnight. That would make a great double feature. Those two? Those two together, yeah. yeah. Which do you put first? Of um, I would put Broken Arrow first. I okay, know. Long Kiss Goodnight. Um, Broken Arrow, that. Twister, Broken Arrow, Broken Arrow, and Dragonheart. I haven't seen Dragonheart in a long time. It held up for me. <clears throat> yeah, I, I remember, I remember yeah. liking it and really liking the score. The score is um, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So I need to see Dragonheart again. Okay. Uh, Broken Arrow or Escape from L.A. Escape from L.A. <laughs> Broken Arrow or Set It Off. Uh, I haven't seen Set It Off since 96, so I'll say Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow or The Ghost in the Darkness. Hopkins bump. Yeah. But Broken Arrow. Yeah. Broken Arrow or Mars Attacks. That's more comedy, though. Yeah. Broken Arrow or Chain Reaction. Ooh, Broken Arrow. Could I tell you how excited I was for Chain Reaction? Why wouldn't you have been? This was like a that movie I everything. lost. I like lost sleep over how excited I was for <laughs> Chain Reaction. Because it was shot in Chicago. Right. Andrew Davis coming off The Fugitive. Keanu, Keanu coming off of Speed. Got his long hair back. Yeah. Um, he had Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, sure. I mean, I'll Rachel take it. Rachel Weisz wasn't quite Rachel Weisz She Weiss was yet. nobody yet. Yeah. The, that was like kind of her introduction, yeah. at least to me. I need uh, to see it. I've never seen it. I liked the trailer, but I just... His name was like... Eddie Kasalovitz or something like Keanu Reeves' name was. And I was like, that's not an action hero name. Jack Traven, that's an action hero name. Johnny fucking Utah, that's an action hero name. This is true. Yeah. 
No. Oh, well. Can't win them all. No, they did not with chain reaction, let me tell you. Um, Broken Arrow or Barbed Wire? Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow or Last Man Standing? I like Walter Hill. Boo. In this case, I think I'm going to go Last Man Standing. Again, it's just personal preference. Broken Arrow or Bulletproof? Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans? Uh, Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow or Daylight? Never saw Daylight. I like it. It's good in a disaster movie kind of way. Um, Broken Arrow or The Glimmer Man? (laughs) More Seagal. Uh, Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow or my favorite, The Crow City of Angels? Oh, Broken Arrow. Uh, I'm going to have to go Crow City of Angels. (laughs) Uh, No, but but, yeah. Um, Crow Canero. Crow Canero. Oh, my goodness. Or Broken Arrow Crow. We can go either way. The Crow City of Arrows. (laughs) Um. Damn it, I clicked on the Glimmer Man and now I have to go back. No, nope, right. now you're in it. Broken Forget Arrow. It. Let's talk Glimmer Man. Broken Arrow or the Phantom? Oh, the Phantom. Broken Arrow or the Quest? I've never seen the Quest. I've been meaning to rewatch it for like seven June's Ploitations. <laughs> um, Is that the one he directed? Yeah. 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 Broken Arrow or Black Mask? Uh, I haven't seen Black Mask in 20 years, so I'll say Broken Arrow. That's about it, but. Can we just say 96? Pretty, pretty good year for action movies. Good Holy Lord. shit. Also, while we're at these this or that's, um, Broken Arrow was nominated for three MTV Movie Awards. Okay. It did not win any, but I'm going to name you the categories and the nominees, and okay. I want you to pick the winner of the MTV Movie Award. All right. All right. If this will ever load... <laughs> it's all glimmer man right now good thing i wrote it down <laughs> <laughs> wow you came prepared all Thank right. you. um okay so the nominated for best villain okay was john travolta for broken arrow yeah joe pesci for casino okay tommy lee jones and jim carrey separate nominations for batman forever <laughs> and kevin spacey for seven Oof. who was the winner who was the winner? Yeah. No, I, was, I mean Kevin Spacey was the winner. I was gonna say. Yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. But who uh, would you? Who would I pick as the winner? Yeah. <sighs> Gosh, what's the criteria here? Um, Villainy, right? <laughs> yeah, I probably would go Kevin Spacey for seven. As much as it pains me to say but it in twenty twenty one, it's iconic. So I mean, you right. kind of have to. Right. Like, if I said. Anybody else, it would just be because I was avoiding Kevin Spacey, which you everybody in real life should. And Joe Pesci's great in Casino, but yeah. I don't, I'm not like, oh, what a villain. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, best action sequence um, The Battle of Sterling in Braveheart. Who could forget it? I think that was the big fight, though. That whole movie's a big fight. Yeah. So which one was it? Um, the Airplane Hangar Shootout in Bad Boys. Okay. The underground shootout slash explosion in Broken Arrow, which isn't even the best action sequence in no, that movie. No, not really. Um, or the, this is my choice for the winner. The winner was Braveheart, by the way, but my choice for the winner would be this nomination, um, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Cab Through New York City, Subway Derailment. Hmm. Mm. Mm. I'm not a huge Die Hard with a Vengeance guy. Yeah. But I'm not a big Braveheart guy either, so it would pain me to say Braveheart. Okay. But I mean, I, I you're guess not I'll wrong. Say Braveheart. This is a good sequence. And then Best Fight. Shut up, phone. And then Best <laughs> Fight. Um, uh, Slater, Travolta, and Broken Arrow on the train. 
Okay, not the boxing match at the beginning? Not the boxing match at the beginning. Um, Sandler, Barker, and Happy Gilmore, which is such an MTV yeah, pick. Yeah, it totally is. Uh, Brosnan, Famke Jansen, and Goldeneye. Ooh. And Jackie Chan versus everybody in Rumble in the Bronx. Oh, Jackie Chan versus everybody. I'm kind of tempted to go Brosnan and Jansen, because I, I haven't seen that not, in very many movies. I would not I, blame you. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, Famke Jansen in that movie. I haven't seen... Other than his American movies, I haven't seen any John Woo movies. What, oh, okay. What, what would you recommend I watch next? Hard Boiled. Okay. That was, I, mean, I haven't seen a ton of them. Um, there's stuff that I've always wanted to track down, like the, the whole Better Tomorrow series, Bullet to the Head. Um, I've seen The Killer and Hard Boiled. I mean, those are like the two big Hong Kong movies, I think, that mm-hmm. I, would, I would recommend both of those. But Hard Boiled is... A masterpiece. Okay. Yeah. All right. I need to watch that because I own it from Half Price Books. Oh, nice. Free Space Day. Yeah, nice. Um, did you know that Broken Arrow was originally supposed to be directed by one of your guys? Dwight H. Little. Yeah. Who remains a producer on the movie. Who turned it down for what he thought was going to be a bigger hit. You know what movie that was? 96? Free Willy 2? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to say I think he made the right choice because you need a Dwight H. Little for Free Willy 2 yeah. and a John Woo for Broken Arrow. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Although I think he could have. Uh, I think he could have done a good job with Broken Arrow, but then Broken who Arrow. directs Free Willy 2? John Woo. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of slow motion dolphins. Yeah. Can we, by the way, we didn't even talk about the fucking Hans Zimmer score. Oh, I have that on my list. And how incongruous it is at so many points in the movie. It's also well. That's why it can be in any movie. That's why and Scream it is in two. every movie. I I was so distracted when it came up yeah. in Scream Two. I was yeah. like, why are they playing the fucking Broken Arrow guitar? Bow, 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 yeah. bow. It works for me in both movies. I, I don't know, what to, and it's apparently in Speed Two also. But I haven't watched Speed Two in a long time. No, I haven't either. Yeah. Um, I like Willem Dafoe's story about Speed Two. What's his story about Speed? It's two? his story for every movie that he was in, where he's just like. <laughs> We had a lot of fun. <laughs> he has this like, one of those like Vanity Fair things, like career retrospectives, and everything. He's just like, he's like, I met Oliver in California. He asked me to be in Platoon. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> or he'll just be like, I lobbied for that part. I wasn't supposed to be in it, and then I was, and we had a lot of fun. <laughs> Speaking, of course, about The Last Temptation of Christ. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Willem Dafoe is one of those guys that, like, as a kid, you don't understand. You, it doesn't occur to you that Willem Dafoe rules. You're yeah. It's like, hey, that guy's kind of weird and kind of creepy. And yeah. He makes movies for adults. Yeah. And then you grow up and you're like, holy shit, Willem Dafoe rules. Willem Dafoe is the type of actor that wins a career achievement award if he doesn't win an Oscar by yes. the time he wins a career achievement award. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's a national treasure. Who beat him for the Sean Baker movie? Oh man, I don't remember. Okay, um, but he should have won. Be, he thought, should have won for that. Yeah, he I was great. Going to be his year because it wasn't just like a career, like attaboy type of thing. It was a great performance too. Yeah, it was one of his best ones. I'm going to try to look it up while you're talking here. Um, this movie, Broken Arrow, has one thing that I really appreciate them including because no other action movies has ever included, to my knowledge, which is what if. When you're recruiting the group of mercenaries, somebody says no. What do you do? 
And they mention that in the movie where he says, he said, Travolta says to Slater, like, I thought about bringing you in on this. And then Slater says, what would you have done when I said no? And he goes, he says, well, if you just said no, I would have just killed you. Right. And I'm just like, that's what they do. They just kill the guy. Right. They're a mercenary. They're off the grit. Right. Yeah. But Ain't it cool? Ain't it cool? Ain't it cool? Um, I wrote that Broken Arrow is one of the 250 best movies of the past 25 years. <laughs> I don't have the list of the other 249, but I feel pretty is this, confident. This is your list? Yeah. Okay. But I feel pretty confident it would be in the top 250 of the past 25 oh, years. Oh, I don't think I would agree with that. Because <laughs> that means it makes your top 10 that year. I think it would. Really? Yeah. I 96 was the first year I made a top 10. Okay. And it was not on there. Okay. I don't... Yeah, I don't think I made a top 10 for 96. Yeah. I think I started with like 97 and Titanic because that was moving. Okay. Yeah. My, um, one, my one for 96, of course, Fargo. Yeah. My yeah. two, I think, was Bound. And my three was Welcome to the Dollhouse, which is not a movie I revisit very often. Okay. I've never seen Bound or Welcome to the Dollhouse. Oh, my God. Bound is so good. Free Space Day. Yes. Um, Lesbian Day. <laughs> Next year. <laughs> um, and then every year after that. Um, let's see. What else? Oh, I got a good story about this with the Dollar Theater. I'm glad I remember oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. callback with this. So I didn't see Broken Arrow until like six weeks or something after it came out. Um, I remember like wanting to see it, but then I ended up seeing like it was at a time where in my town, like the two theaters weren't letting underage kids into r-rated movies and i was always short and i never had that i never i always had a problem with that when they were enforcing it so i didn't even try because i was just like i'm not gonna get in so then my dad over spring break was just like what movie do you want to go see so i was just like well i kind of want to see broken arrow and he's like all right we're going to see executive decision so i was just like oh come on so then i made an executive decision (laughs) we're seeing broken arrow so then the next day he's just like I'll take you to see Broken Arrow. Nice. So we see Broken Arrow. He is a good dad. So we see Broken Arrow. And then like a week later, it was at the end of its first run. A week later, it was at like the Dollar Theater. And I remember seeing that in the paper on that Friday. And I was just like, shit. (laughs) My dad is going to be so upset that he didn't just wait a week. So I went up to my dad and I was just like... I don't know if you saw the Dollar <laughs> I don't Theater. Know if you heard the news. <laughs> I don't know if you looked at the movie Showtimes <laughs> for the Dollar Theater, but Broken Arrow's there, and I'm sorry that you spent twenty dollars or whatever yeah. it was to yeah. take us to see Broken Arrow. And then my dad just goes, "I don't care." Oh, and then I was just like, "Oh, I'm crazy. Like I'm a <laughs> neurotic mess." <laughs> It was something that I thought was going to be, like, so upsetting. Right, right. And it wasn't at all. And yeah. I was just like, oh, I'm just movie nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my Dollar Theater Broken Arrow story. That was good. Uh, um, one other thing, the boxing sequence at the beginning feeds feeds people bad advice with something. He says, don't look at my ar- or my hands, look, look at, at my, my shoulder. That's where the punch comes from. Yeah. I boxed once. Okay. I was looking at the guy's shoulder. I got punched a lot. <laughs> don't do not do that. Where should you look? I don't know. If I knew, I wouldn't have gotten punched so many times. I fought my friend Matt, who was six foot four. Wow. And I'm five foot seven. 
and he just kept pumped like punching me on the top of my head oh and my eventually gosh. i lost balance and that's awful yeah it wasn't fun no um that's why i don't box i also appreciate that they're so macho in this movie that they box with no mouth guards yes well that way they can talk to each other the whole time this is true. yeah that's a good point yeah that's a good point um for those of you who haven't already looked it up Sam Rockwell won for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, Blech. the year that Willem Dafoe was nominated for The Florida Project. That's egregious because that character bothers me. Sure. but uh, That's a movie that exists, by the way. I haven't thought of that movie since, whatever, 2016, whenever it came out. If I think either you or JB or both of you had it on your top ten. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I did. But maybe I did. Yeah. I saw <laughs> through why, it right away. That's why top tens are nonsense. Yeah, they really are. Except Love's Like Tonica, well, that's right. number seven. Or Cruella, which is for <laughs> sure going to be on yours. I don't know if it would be. Like, right now, I think it would be for sure. Yes. Yeah. Because the only three... There's four movies that I could say could possibly be on my top ten list right now. What are they? Because I think I'm at a zero right now. Okay. Wrath of Man. I like that movie. Barb and Star. I like that movie. Psycho Goreman. I like that movie. And The Amusement Park. Oh, I haven't seen that. And Cruella. And Cruella. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be a good year for top tens. I'm trying to decide how, like, what, per, I know it's a certain percentage, but I'm trying to decide what percentage of my fascination with Cruella is maybe I just, because I crush on Emma Stone, like, sure. it's just seeing Emma Stone in, like, ghoulish makeup right like gothy right i don't know i don't know that's not enough of a reason to put something on your top 10 isn't it though i don't know <laughs> i we'll, we'll she looks crowish she looks crowish that's why yeah because when she's got her face painted with white and black like it's kind of crowy right yeah. vincent perez crow crowella i said crow crowella crowella <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Uh, anything else about Broken Arrow? No, no, it's the perfect movie, so everybody <laughs> should watch it. <laughs> All right, well, thank you guys for listening. As always, go to fthismovie.com every day for new stuff. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Email us at fthismoviepodcast at gmail.com. June exploitation continues all the way through the end of the month, our month-long celebration of exploitation and genre films. Hopefully you're celebrating 90s action movie today, but make sure you're celebrating every day. Go to fthismovie.com for more details. Thanks again, Adam. This was fun. Yeah, it's good to be back in person. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to FS Movie.